Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Today, I will be meeting with John Quigley, who is a connection of mine through LinkedIn, but also we have discovered that we live very close geographically to each other. Um, and also, um, I've met him a few times um, back when I were, used to work for the Project Management Institute um, because he is a project manager and a member of PMI who has his PMP. So today I wanted to introduce him to you all so you could get to know him a little bit as well um, and learn a little bit about his career and his story and everything that he has to share. So with that, John, I'll go over and pass it to you. Thank you, Brianna. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm well, and I would like to thank you for providing me this opportunity. I like to get out and talk and about stuff, project yeah, management absolutely. in general, and how I got where I'm at, especially. Sure, sure. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, my dad was in the military. Um, he's a Vietnam vet. So I grew up in about, you can guess what time, not a young dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, grew up in rural North Carolina. Before I was out of high school, probably before I even had my driver's license, I was picking or priming tobacco, as we call it, top and sucker tobacco, and put it in the barn and take it out of the barn and put it in a truck and take it to the Durham to have it auctioned off. I used to work in the tobacco fields probably before, during the summer, probably, probably 15 years old. I graduated from a North Carolina school with, or high school, pretty good grades or good grades, but didn't know what to do with myself, so ended up working fast food for a few years. When I came to the conclusion that um, supervisor at a fast food restaurant is it's quite fun, actually, and you get to eat more or less for free. You work a lot of hours, some of which are not complicated. The pay is not all that great, but it really wasn't something I could see a long-term career in. I was talking to a friend of mine who was a friend of a guy I used to play in a band with. He was the drummer. His name was Harold. He asked everybody to call him Steve because he couldn't see a drummer being called Harold. His friend, Danny, was just getting out of school at that point with an engineering degree. And he was talking about, you know, all the cool stuff he was doing as an engineer. And I thought, wow, if I had an engineering degree, an electrical and electronics engineering degree, I could build my own effects pedal. I'm a bass player. Which I was a bass player in that band Harold was in. Yes, I'd like to see some pictures of that, by the way. <laughs> I'll see if I, I don't think I have pictures of me with long hair, but I have. I still have my axe from those days. <laughs> I can probably get, get a shot of that and send it to you. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I thought, okay, this might be the thing to do. And I got out of, uh, graduated from the University of North Carolina at Charlotte with an engineering degree. My first job was for some industrial applications, doing embedded product development for industrial applications. I, I had two job offers. One was there, one is at a network company in the, like 1990 <laughs> when the internet wasn't much of a thing. And I thought, I don't really want to put network cables and you know configure other people's software. I would rather build something. So I mm -hmm. took the smaller company job rather than the large network company position. Mm -hmm. And when they blurted the salary, I just blurted, okay, I didn't know, I had no idea what negotiation would be like. I didn't really care that the dollar amount was so much greater than, than I had done when I was working at fast food or working at U-Haul uh, while I was going to college. So I get this job and I'm doing software development, embedded hardware, and pick the microcontroller design, the, how the embedded system goes together, and then start writing the code. I do that for a few years and then uh, felt like I needed to do something else. I probably did five years. And then an automotive skunk works company. This company designed, this is like in an old industrial area in South Carolina, just across the border from you, actually. 
what they did is they'd get requests from heavy trucks for interesting high-end systems, you know, like heads-up displays. And mm -hmm. you got to remember, this is still the mid-90s mm -hmm. and uh, things like that. And they hired me to come on and do some of that work. And I worked there for a, a year or two. A company I had interviewed at earlier that was working on tire pressure monitoring system, uh, I, was a, I was their second runner-up in their uh, – when they were hiring somebody, they hired somebody else ahead of me, a guy named Fred. But rather than go back and start all over again, they called me up after I'd been working at that South Carolina company and said, come in here and we'll talk. Don't even bother wearing a tie. We already know what you look like and that you're presentable. Just Let's just talk about whether you want this job. I wasn't looking. They just presented me something, and I thought, wow, this is kind of cool. The, the range of what I'll do is wider. It's not sitting around writing code or designing hardware. And at that point, I'd been doing it for eight years or something like that, maybe a little longer. But it wouldn't move me too far away from product development. I was actually still in it. Right? In this case, I was doing some product development testing and the technical part of managing the project, which is just as important as the creation part or the creativity part of pulling the design together. And in the course of that, I got exposed to project management. You know, I still had my technical chops. I was still running tests on the product and determining root cause technically. And then I would go with the sales guys periodically up to the to the customer, which were all in Detroit, uh, and uh, talk about what state the project was. And uh, in the course of all that, I got introduced to some some OEMs, original equipment manufacturers, that for um, the trucking industry, such as such as Packard. And what I, this was never a planned script of what I wanted to do. It's just where I, where I, when I would be inquisitive, somebody would ask me something or present me with something, and I'd go, well, why, why wouldn't I try that? Or, yeah, that sounds like fun. The position I had, that first project management position, introduced me to General Motors and Chrysler and, and Prowler. I worked on the Prowler platform before you know, the very first introduction of that. I worked on the Viper platform when it was first introduced as well working on tire pressure monitoring systems, which in those days were cutting edge things. Not every, not every car had it like today. Bluetooth didn't exist back then. So it was fairly unique to have a transmitter in your tire that could tell you the pressure and temperature of your tire if you wanted to know those things. And in the case of those Prowler and uh, Viper platforms, both of those cars had what were called run flat tires. That doesn't mean they can run without air forever, but you can run without air for a while and you need to know that they're flat when there's no air in them otherwise they just fall apart and they're pretty expensive so that got me exposed to you know larger automotive systems and then from there to heavy truck I worked out in Washington State for a few years and working on Kenworth and Peterbilt vehicles heavy trucks in North America and while there it was it was the role I had was a hybrid product development engineer, product test engineer, and project manager. And that company was very forward-thinking. Packard was a very forward-thinking company. They they arranged to get a – if you wanted to get a degree, if you wanted to continue your education, you needed to convince your supervisor that what you were learning was applicable to what you were doing. And for me, project management was an extension of the product development work. It does no good if you can create something, if you cannot – created effectively, matching what a customer wants, uh, delivered on time at the right quality and a cost that's within the tolerance of expected. And most of those things are managed and identified through project management work. 
So those kind of things become became even more interesting to me because it's integral part to the product development process, just as well as uh, the design work or the marketing of the product. And that's why I ended up getting to the two degrees I have. They were picked up by that company, by and large, for the mo- for the most part, uh, it, in, to the tune of, they said you can go. We will hold the note on the degree, and every class you pass with a B or better, we will pay the college directly, which meant no money out of my pocket. It's about as easy as you can get. (laughs) Yeah, that's unheard of. (laughs) I know, right? I know, right? The only thing I had to do was drive to Everett, uh, which is where the school was from uh, Mount Vernon, Washington, twice twice a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, after a work day. Now that wasn't that wasn't easy, and the classes weren't easy, and they were writing intensive. So it was a lot of hours, but but the thousands of dollars that a master's degree takes, and I don't mean just single digit thousands, and the books are all covered. So it, it's about as painless as you can get. And for me, taking advantage of those opportunities were kind of inconvenient at times, but those things make a difference when you see something that comes your way something that that's as easy as it's going to get you kind of have to really seriously consider if it's if it's in your long-term plan and even if it's not directly it might be something that's helpful along the way even if i was not going to be a project manager and participate heavily in a project manager world these things would help me in my personal life or getting the next job or help me help somebody else do something that they're trying to achieve Mm -hmm. you're totally right people ask me all the time you know, is college worth it? You know, I, I, you know, I'm already, you know, fairly successful. Should I go and get the degree? And what I always say to them is, you know, even if you don't use what you went to school for, it helps with, it, it just, it just takes you to a different level. Um, you know, it, it, it gives you the ability to be more well-read, um, you know, speak a little bit more more intelligently, not that, you know, these people are idiots or anything, right. but, you know, it just takes you to a, to another level. Um, you know, it, it challenges the way you think. Um, so even if you don't, like you said, even if it, you didn't use the project management, just having the education in it can help you in so many other areas of your life. Right. Able to ask questions that are actually relevant in times. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, I mostly agree with what you just said. Uh, I think there are probably people who who can do that on their own, mm-hmm. um, and they are a continuous improvement kind of person that they're probably reading voracious reader and, and they write on their own and things like that. that that'll probably get you there too. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I bring that up because I've seen people, for me, I look at project management and I look at the fundamentals of what that is. Mm-hmm. And I think you could get by without a college degree and be a really good project manager. Might take you a little while to get to the pinnacle of that because you're going to have to start, you know, somewhere not near the middle or the top. But if you have good organizational skills, you're clear in your thinking, you ask, you know, when to ask questions, can figure out when to listen to people and when you need to push in other directions. Mm -hmm. These things are kind of things that you don't necessarily have to go to college to learn to be a project manager. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're totally right. I know some some project managers you know, just working at PMI that you know didn't have more than a high school diploma, but have made phenomenal careers for themselves just because they have that knack for project management. Right. Mm-hmm. They know what question to ask. They they know when to keep their mouth closed about things. They know when to contest things. 
They know mm-hmm. what's important and needs to be monitored and, and what's not so important and kind of let slide. And when the decision, they need to participate in the decision when they need to listen and say, that's going to have to be the decision, even in front of an executive, tell an executive, you know what, that might be what you wish would happen, but the metrics tell me no. <laughs> and the team's yep. telling me no, and you're going to have to understand why that is no. Mm-hmm. And then we can figure some other solution. No, but might be a true also, but Sometimes the answer is no, and it's not just big. The shots are called by an executive, mm-hmm. and you just march to that. Yeah, definitely. So if someone listening to this has some interest in project management, where would you tell, tell them to start? Well, I, I hate to be an advertisement for PMI, but it's <laughs> not a bad place. Maybe not your initial start. Because like the the Pembok is not an easy read. It has oh, never no. been an easy read. <laughs> Even when it was the small little thin blue book, it was <laughs> it, it, it's written like a technical manual. If you're not quasi engineer, even even if you're a quasi engineer, your eyes are going to glass over. Mm-hmm. But that's really a decent place to get uh, to get started. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't get used to Pembok, the, they have some interesting other resources. There's a projectmanagement.com, I think. I think that's owned by – yeah, that is owned by PMI because I contribute to that periodically. It's a good network to be involved in where you can ask questions and you can look at what other people are doing and ask questions. And there's a lot of pretty good fundamental books on, on, the, on the stuff as well that you can mm-hmm. probably just check out at a library. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the other thing is, you know, it used to be that, you know, the only real tool out there for – uh, you know, doing project management in terms of like tracking stuff and everything was MS project. But now there's so many other tools out there that, you know, really can help you organize and everything. So it's not just for, like you said, the people who started with the more fundamental stuff. It's, you know, it's evolved into apps and, you know, all kinds of different things. So that's right. exciting too. Mm-hmm. And for me, those tools are interesting. And having knowledge of them is interesting, but the fundamentals are more important than the tools. Mm-hmm. You can you can theoretically make Excel work, although God help you keeping track of that, <laughs> and and uh, trying to recalculate dependencies as dates invariably slip because that does happen. Mm-hmm. But it, you can do it that way. It's more important to know uh, to the things you need to do to figure out what the scope of this project really is and then figure out how to how best to build a work breakdown structure and then mm-hmm. and then what does it mean for each one of those elements in the work breakdown structure you can just put a here's the name of the thing and about anything could meet that standard so you know when do i need something called a work breakdown structure dictionary and when do i not for example mm-hmm. how how do we all agree that this is what good looks like for this particular work breakdown item. Those things are not necessarily tool-centric. Those are, let's ask questions and figure out what everybody needs and how to get it in front of them in right. a timely manner. And, and where we can compress the schedule by maybe fast-tracking or, or you know, something like that, mm-hmm. or paralleling activities where, where that might make some sense. Or those, those sort of things, asking questions of, of what, what's really needed, those aren't tools. But you're right that the, besides uh, Microsoft Project, I, I use something called um, Gantt Project. Mm-hmm. It's a freeware. It's not. It's not horrible. It's pretty interesting. And I was just looking at one uh, 
what's it called? Smartsheet.com. I think that's another. I use that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very the, good. That's the online one. I just, I just, mm-hmm. I probably picked it up two days ago, and I'm like, well, that's kind of interesting. I might like mm-hmm. this better than than Gantt Project. Gantt Project's on your machine at least, but it's not as doesn't appear to be as easy to use as the online one. Yeah. Well, the other thing was with Smartsheet. Um, you have the ability in there to not only have, you know, your team in there to be able to go in and check things and do all kinds of stuff, but you can also upload deliverables into there that your client can then just then come in and pick up. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. That's that those kind of things, the network in general and the, the cloud and things like that are generally very helpful mm-hmm. for a PM. You can do this job. I, I'm really shocked that the number of people that don't really want this job. Now, I'm not trying to sell this kind of work because it's got its really stressful parts. But mm-hmm. in general, you can do it without a college degree. You can do it with certain fundamental – if you're in, internally motivated and you've got pretty good organ, organization skills and your writing and communication skills are reasonably well and you're not a – sociopath you can probably work with your team in a good way (laughs) yeah well you know i think that there's a misconception about project management you know the field in general i think that a lot of people when they think of project management they think almost like math (laughs) you know like oh i hated math so i'm gonna hate that or you know i i i I don't know or well i i i'm really not type a or (laughs) something like that and they don't realize that being a project manager is so much more than just being able to tr- track tasks. Right. It is It is so much more. In fact, I would say that good project managers are not always type A. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, maybe they seldom use that type A part of their personality. Mm-hmm. You know, th- there is math and then there won't be math. And if you find the right team, if you don't like math, you can figure the best people in your team to manage that part if that's not, or to bring that part to mm-hmm. four if that's right. not your forte. Right, exactly, exactly. So yeah, this has been an interesting discussion. Um, we're getting to the end of our time, um, but I want to give you a chance. I know that you, um, you know, you've written some books and everything to kind of, you know, put your name out there for people who might not know you. Um, and you know, we can certainly post some of your your links to stuff that you that you have um, so that they can access them. But is there anything that you want to talk about? Well, I, I just finished a book with SAE on project management for automotive engineers. I say just, but that was probably last year, the year before last. And right now I'm working on a learning organization and project management, how to use organization, your organizational project work to actually develop the organization internally and spread spread knowledge and things like that on the, on the project. Because I've seen so many companies burn their hand on the same metaphorical stove. You know, you, mm-hmm. you, you you make this decision. This is a decision you make, and it fails. And we have another problem and the same similar set of circumstances, and we try and use the same technique we used last time. It's just, a, just because it failed last time doesn't mean it's going to fail this time. And that is true. Uh, but it seems like we didn't learn from that experience, and we burn our hand on that stove again, and then we wonder why, dang, why did it fail? Mm-hmm. You know, so those kind of things are – and I'm I'm working on that. And uh, if I had to say what I really would appreciate, or I have a site, value transformation, valuetransform.com, mm-hmm. and there's a discussion board over there. So if anybody has a discussion, uh, topic area on project management that they would like to explore and they would like to talk to me about, I would suggest that 
they could go there. I just recently put that up and sure. ask the question, and we can exchange some ideas and things like that on the project awesome, management. Yeah. Yeah, we'll certainly post those links for you. So everybody that's listening, go ahead and check out below his um, his podcast link, and you'll be able to see those links right there for you. Great. I would. I like this, and I would. It was easy, and I would like to explore another one in some future date if you. If that's oh, okay yeah. you. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to have you um, on another call, and we can we can talk some more. I, you know, you had so much so much stuff to offer. I feel like we didn't have enough time to talk about everything. So I know. We, it, seemed, it seemed like it went by fast. Yes. <laughs> it did. It did. <laughs> well, uh, thank you very much for today, um, and you know, we'll look forward to connecting again. Thank you very much, Brianna. I appreciate the opportunity, and I look forward to any other opportunities we may have. Yes, in the absolutely. Future. Yep, definitely.